Good morning, everybody. Good happy, morning, my neighbors. And happy Thursday. Top of the morning to you yep, guys. Yeah, we're doing well. Got a big show for you guys today. Super, super duper excited. It's already too hot in here. It's already too hot in yeah. here. Yeah, all right, we'll have to fix that in a second. We'll fix uh, that in a second. Yeah, so uh, before we get started, um, I think it's Arlene Dunn in the chat sent me something that I've always wanted to uh, be, be sent. Um, and she did say that uh, I heard from Santa, not S-A-T-A dash, because she knows about the joke that, you know, this here, this uh, We Love You Disney, right, this whole thing, uh, that you wanted a wallaby for Christmas. Um, and so here it is. So she, uh, she sent me a wallaby in the mail. It appears to be of Korean origin or something. I don't know who, who but, uh, but it's very cool. There's a little Joey in the pouch. A little oh, Joey, 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 you're Puerto Rican. I have somebody on Twitter argued with me. Biden isn't Puerto Rican. Why'd you say that? I'm like, because he said he was. <laughs> yeah. I was raised in a port. So thank you, Arlene, uh, for this wallaby. Tie me kangaroo down. Damn sport. Tie me kangaroo, kangaroo down. down. Watch me wallabies feed, mate. That's, so that's very cool. Thank you for that. That's pretty cool. That's my new little mascot. Uh, the only thing in the room with ears bigger than mine. So that's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Look at these bad boys. Woo! Going to fly away. Super exciting, guys. So we got a big story about Ronald McDaniel today. Oh, wait, there's a timeout. We also, wait, wait. Brennan oh. got sent something oh, yesterday, too. too. Yeah, so Brennan got sent something yesterday. You can see her unfurling this really cool blanket. Now, this came from a mystery sender. We don't know who sent this. So she can, this is the first time she's ever used a blanket. There she goes. There's a hood. There's two little palms. And then uh, there's there's hand holes. There you go. Yeah, right over here. Okay, and there'd be like a flying squirrel. There she goes. Yeah. You didn't put your other hand in there. I'm, I'm not going to put the whole here. I'll just... You should put the whole thing on. Well, then I'll come stand up here. All right, you'll stand up behind us. Cool. Here comes Vanna with the... Uh... So he wanted to just... There we go. There she is. She's got that on. And the hands go in the holes. That's right. There it is. That would be the definition of hand holes. There you go. Boom. Flying squirrel. So we thank you for that as well. Thank you. Uh, very cool. Very cool. And uh, moving on. I guess my little, <coughs> I guess I guess I guess my gift will be. Oh, it's probably coming. It's tramped in the mail. Yeah, it's, it's lost in the mail, like lost a mail-in in, ballot. Yeah, lost in the mail. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> but we got a great show for you guys today. Before we get started, make sure you smash that rumble button. Share this video out across all you your social slippers. media. You got slippers. What are you talking about? You got slippers. Oh, I think it's slippers. Yeah. No, yeah. Sorry. I forgot about that. Because, you know, they, they, the slippers are very warm. Yeah. And, you know, so I have to pick and choose when I right. want them. There you go. But hit that rumble button, guys. Share this video out across all your platforms. Uh, make sure you head on over to LaMajorityUS.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Check out the shop so you never miss out on anything we got going on. Make sure you use promo Christmas to get 20% off the entire website. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much for the support. That's fine, Brendan. You're allowed to talk. <laughs> Arlene sent both. Thank you so much. Arlene, you're the best. Yeah. Uh, so we appreciate that. That was so, fun yesterday. So what do you got today? Well, first off, uh, we have the major announcement that Trump is supposed to be making today. And I listened to Jeremy Harrell yesterday. And uh, he was. they were kind of going through a list of things. Uh, is he going to be the Speaker of the House? Is he going to announce a lawsuit against Twitter? Jeremy seems to think that he's going to be filing a lawsuit against Twitter 1.0 because of uh, the law-breaking and collusion mm. with federal agencies as a way to get around Section 230 and hold Twitter accountable. Uh, so that would be interesting. And they, they think maybe it's a class-action lawsuit, mm. hence the whole superhero uh, thing where it'd be a class-action lawsuit and anybody who was banned or whatnot could jump in. 
would be kind of cool. I don't think it's anything. Look, I mean, look, Trump does this all the time. Major, it's a big superhero. Maybe he's going to bring out a sandwich, a superhero. Yeah, I don't you know. never. I feel like Trump. He, I'm joining the MCU. Major, I'm going to be. I'm, I'm taking on Thanos. Major. Announcement's going to be huge. Uh, also, Jingle Bells. Shout out Jenna Ellis, Hodge Twins, Dinesh for sharing that one out yesterday. Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Jingle All the Way. Uh, oh, what fun it is to know Paul Pelosi might be gay. Dashing through the house. <laughs> it was fucking, it was pretty, it was pretty fantastic. So, uh, yeah, dashing through the house. We're not at 3 a.m. What was the worst, Brennan? Na- Crazy Nancy wasn't home. Crazy Nancy wasn't home, so he started up again, right? Uh, yeah. It's time to have some fun. He opened up the door. They found him holding hammers, and the clothes were on the floor. Yeah, that was good. It was very good. So a couple more Christmas carols are coming. But today I've got uh, a couple of things. We've got the RNC, Ronna McDaniel, spending since 2017. So this is the RNC. Remember, this is the group of people that is supposed to really be pushing uh, to put the Republican Party front and center, win elections. And instead what they did is they spent million dollars on private jets and limousines and luxury retreats and Broadway shows. Wow, that's, that's good. I've got a quick story. I've got a story from the Washington Post about the death of uh, the legacy media, which, you know, guys, I've been keeping track here. This page has gained, are you ready for this? Yeah. yeah. 2,000 followers in 10 days. Nice. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm curious to get Sean's take on the, uh, on, the, uh, on the rise of, yeah, on the rise of uh, different media outlets like this one. Like the Daily Wire, like Bongino, yeah. like the, the the even the ones even the ones <clears> of <throat> the left, uh, like Breaking Points or uh, Pod Save America, really the death the the death nil of the uh, and and you see people trying to save legacy media and uh, I think it's uh, I think it's all for naught. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh no no. Oh yeah oh, no yeah, yeah yeah no we'll do that later. Gotcha. Uh, back in twenty. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm come. I've got some sort of. I don't know what it is. Back in twenty ten. RNC Chair Michael Steele, this is an article in Red State, Jennifer Van Lahr. Uh, Michael Steele, who was the RNC, RNC chair at the time in 2010, was heavily criticized and eventually lost his position because donors were angry about what they believed was luxurious spending on private jets, floral arrangements, chauffeur services, and member meetings in expensive tropical locales. Donors were used to frugality. They were used to frugality from the RNC under the George Bush administration when Karl Rove would bitch if there were flowers on the tables and staff holiday parties were catered by Chick-fil-A. Uh, which is yummy. I love some chicken phrase. Spicy chicken sandwich. No, spicy the Kamala Harris after a night with Willie Brown. Okay. I would love it. <clears throat> Despite Joe Biden's economy and three straight cycles of election losses, the RNC's big spending days are back with a vengeance. Perhaps because of these losses, both RNC donors and committee members are in- intensely interested in the com- committee's finances, particularly the spending. Late last week, Red State was provided a report dated October 7th, 2022 that examined the RNC's 2021-2022 spending. So remember, we always talk about this. Donate to candidates, not parties. This is why. Because when you donate to the RNC, they wind up spending millions of dollars on luxury travel, private jets. Dude, fly, coach. <laughs> it's not hard. What are you, You're not better than us. You're just not. I don't care who you are. You're not better than anybody here. That's it. You're yeah. a, you bleed, I bleed. Understand? That's what it is. That's it. All right, seriously. I've had enough. So this is why we say donate to candidates. Not parties. It calculated more than $500,000 in private jet expenses, $64,000 at clothing retailers, and $321,000 in floral arrangements. The average disbursement amount for luxury travel, there was 50 of them, totaling $1,364,211 luxury travel in one year. 
was $27,284 average per amount dispersed. Spent on per, I guess, per incident. Private jets, $505,000 spent on private jets 14 times. Not 14 times 505. 14 times amounting to a total of 505. Okay. Floral arrangements, 279 disbursements for floral arrangements. Totaling three hundred twenty-one thousand six hundred seventy-one dollars, folks. When you donate to the RNC, they buy flowers with it. She spent three hundred thousand dollars on flowers. She did. Yeah. Approximately one thousand one hundred fifty-two dollars for every floral disbursement. That's unbelievable. Eleven hundred dollars. Eleven hundred dollars per bouquet. Listen, Rana, go out to the field and pick some freaking daisies. Go to Stump and Shop. They're like eleven ninety-nine. I got Brennan flowers for the birthday. They're still in a vase. Vase. How do you pronounce it? Vase or vase? Vase. Okay, face, face, Vaz. Vaz. The Wizard of Vaz. That's the guy who likes flowers. Wizard of Vaz. Get it? Ha <laughs> ha. Uh, no, but they're still going. Where'd those flowers come from? Is it like Rite Aid or CVS or something? No, that's. I was like, oh, this is a nice thing of flowers. I'm going to go. Well over a month old. Yeah. Come on, Rana. I can't. I spent like, I don't know, I can't, $10 I on can't, the fucking Whenever things. I get somebody flowers, like, I, I might as well just go, here you go. And then drop them in the trash because they they die instantly. Unbelievable! So you must have some sort of a oh she's got a, a green trick. thumb, she's got uh. a green thumb. Uh, home improvement and decor: two hundred one disbursements, one hundred sixty-five thousand nine hundred seventy-eight dollars, approximately eight hundred twenty-five uh, bucks per disbursement. Um, entertainment: thirty-four disbursements, totaling seventy-five grand. Over that, I mean, this is these are this is where your money goes. Right? Now, when they oh. say entertainment, I'm curious as to because uh, look, if they're having an event <laughs> and it's bringing in more money, like food and and beverage delivery, like you know, if you're having it, but we don't need the flowers. Nope, that's different. We could have cut no, that that's out. That's different. There's uh, a there's a different category for food and beverage. No, delivery. no, that's what I'm, I'm looking down the, the yeah. list here. There are some things that probably could be. Uh, Better ROI Justified So you spent 75 But you made 150 Yes okay. Sort of thing Okay Like you know The one in particular Right uh, Alcohol uh, 124 <laughs> disbursements 36,567 bucks 294 dollars Per disbursement That's not that bad But no. when you're doing it 124 times no. You know listen Spa and cosmetics Now let me just yeah, say I don't know what I we're doing here I think you could do without that But mm. it wasn't a big number 7,532 dollars uh, Vehicle and other mechanical expenses That's normal Normal okay How about LGBTQ plus filings. Three of those, uh, $1,280. So I don't know what that is. I'm genuinely curious what the hell that even means. As I don't far know. Maybe as... they did something with Christian Walker. Who knows? Could be. I don't know. I have no idea. But to determine how that compared with the rest of Ronald McDaniel's tenure, Red State examined RNC expenditures from two, uh, 2017, 2017 through 2022. In addition to a review of Federal Elections Commission, FEC data, Red State spoke with current vendors, state party officials familiar with the workings, former staffers, some from Ronald McDaniel's tenure, and some who worked for prior chairs, and several current RNC members to verify numbers and dates. Most were only willing to discuss the matters on background, and all were promised anonymity to avoid potential retaliation. It is difficult to accurately categorize all of the expenditures because a significant number of transactions seems to be misclassified. Oh, that's good. For example, nearly $5,000 spent in 2022 at Lululemon, a luxury athletic apparel brand, was classified as an office expense. Isn't that, isn't that the place <coughs> that sells like the leggings for like 80 bucks? I guess it is. I think it's right. But they're classifying Lululemon as an office expense. Okay. Uh, as were two expenditures totaling $9,300 at Madison Square Garden. So you're... How the hell did you spend You're spending $10,000 at Madison Square Garden, probably on luxury sweats, an office expense. Mm. So how much, uh, how much office work are you doing watching mm. the Knicks? 
None. Okay. Uh, our review found that the, the amount spent during the 2021-2022 election cycle seemed to have been par for the course and probably even lower than previous portions of McDaniel's tenure. According to FEC filing, since 2017, the RNC has spent... Since 2017, the RNC has spent $3.1 million on private jet services. Mm-hmm. A little crazy. I get it. You got to get somewhere. When the people are donating to you, you're spending money to do things now outside of the realm of the people. And according to their FEC filings, they took in $253 million in fiscal year 2021-2022 in that two-year period. $1.3 million on limousine and chauffeur services. Uber works just fine. Mm-hmm. I've never had a problem with them. That's like $10. Uh, $17 million on donor mementos. Donor mementos. I think those are like swag bags that they give out at like the Oscars. A lot that, of money that, for those. That's what it would seem like that yeah, means. Yeah, a lot of money for those. Almost 10% of what they brought in. Oh, yeah. $750,000 on floral arrangements. That, that's a lot of money for flowers. That's the one that I got to be honest. It's the one that annoys me the most. Go pick some daisies. That's it. $80,000 in alcohol-related expenditures. I get it. Liquor yeah, is expensive, I, but you don't got to buy top shelf. I'll live with that one. Nearly $400,000 has been spent on event tickets and other entertainment activities, and I've seen this happen in companies that I worked for where you would get a uh, basically like a, an entertainment budget so you can take your big wigs, your donors, your potential prospects yeah. out to a game, entertain them, you know, and now they feel good and they go out there. But listen to this. Uh, $30,000 for a private box at a Las Vegas Raiders game. $13,000 for Broadway shows. $9,400 at Madison Square Garden and $43,000 at top golf locations in Texas, Nevada, Virginia, and Maryland. That's a lot of fake golf. That's Why forty-three not? grand to go to the driving range. I don't think I've ever spent more than a couple hundred bucks to actually play golf. No. Like, but top golf is like fake golf. We can go ten minutes down the road here mm-hmm. to Heartland, right? Because by the way, for all those of you who are watching, nineteen nineteen Deer Park Avenue is where I currently sit. So all you idiots. Yeah. <laughs> we can go ten minutes down the road. It's amazing the amount of people that think that we're like, oh no, no, they're gone because they changed the flag. Because the flag got old. Yeah, probably from a former Soviet state. Yeah. Uh, so what we had here is uh, uh, we have Top Golf down, uh, not Top Golf, Heartland. Yeah. Down the road, you could pay twenty dollars. You get two hundred fifty golf balls. Particularly, where are they playing? This Texas, Nevada, and Virginia, Maryland. Okay, so Texas and Nevada, you can be outside. Go to the driving range. Yeah. I mean, right now I'll go to Top Golf. Pay a little. Heated. Pay a little extra inside. Well, now, Heartland has, on the bottom floor at this driving range... It's still pretty cold. They got the, the heated things. I hit in the cold all the time, but it does. if you hit the ball wrong, you're going to feel it. Like That's baseball, it. Yeah. wooden bat, That's it. cutter. Cutter. Goodbye, fingers. Good, goodbye, fingers. Senior staff retreats were also held at the Salamander Resort and Spa in Virginia in 2021 and 2022, according to another staffer. A national committee member says that the 2021 retreat held from March 19th to 21st, 30 senior staffers and their families attended, and the RNC paid for Katie Walsh and Mike Shields to speak to the group. Who are those people? I don't know. Okay. FEC reporting shows that the RNC paid $260,000 to the resort in 2021 and 2022, classified as travel expenses and venue rental and catering. So, look, again, you could find... You want to know why spending's out of control in this country? Look at this resort. Yeah, this. This Salamander Resort in Virginia. It's really nice. It's really nice. Yeah, well... I mean, look, I I have no doubt. I'm not saying they got to stay in a Motel 6. Yeah, look, I have no doubt that they (laughs) got their money's worth. Yeah. But... Maybe just chill out a little bit. Stay in, eat in one night a week. Yeah, you know they yeah, say start, you, you know you want to save money. Eat out one day less a week. How about you know like we were talking about the spending yesterday, one point seven trillion dollars. We were getting into the Ron, uh, Rand Paul Festivus wasteful spending. How about the Penny Plan? Ted Cruz likes that. Rand Paul, Ron Paul like that. You know you take one penny, one percent out of all of the lines on the budget yes. every year. 
That would be great. You don't have to, and and eventually it'll balance. Exactly. Eventually it'll balance. They don't want to do that. Well, the biggest problem with a lot of these, <clears throat> not to get off this topic, but the biggest problem, and I'm, I, I, they might have the same sort of uh, issue with a lot of these committee spending things and a lot of these, uh, these, uh, these budget plans, is that these government agencies, if they don't spend what they are allocated, they don't get it. Next they year. don't get it next year. Moreover, they don't get an increase. That's why, if you've ever worked in any sort of government agency, you know there's a lot of people around doing a whole lot of coffee drinking and not a whole lot of typing. Well, it's funny because when I worked, Even when when I, I, one of my former jobs, I used to deal with a lot of schools that would buy materials from where I was. And sometimes they would just come in and buy a ridiculous amount of stuff. And I was yeah. like, you guys going to use all this? Yeah. They go, we need to spend or we won't get this in the budget next year. And we don't know if we're going to need it next year. And I'm like, uh, I, for, for me personally, I was making, you know, you as know a, I was making sales. I as was a fine. salesman, it's great. But I look at that and I'm like, wow. The people in this district are getting effed over. They're getting this screwed up, and but it happens in every. That's why you see these agencies never get smaller. But see, here's the thing: you there should be in in these types of things, right? You get your budget. If you don't spend it, what you what's left should be dis- distributed as a bonus. Exactly. Oh. Teach these guys how to to, to be, be responsible. Right? Or more imagine, imagine if you're like the head of grounds in a school mm-hmm. and your your materials budget is like, you know, I don't know, $200,000 and you only spend $125,000. Mm-hmm. You know, and now there's, you know, 75 grand that could be distributed as a bonus. That's the way to this do it. This way, your budget, you know, your, your expenses don't go down because mm-hmm. it's getting distributed. And then your guys, you. Now, I guess the argument against that would be well, now they're going to be thinking all about their bonus, so they're going to substitute quality, quality. right? But. You're not look. You got to use your head here. You got to understand, two hundred thousand dollars. Even if you have a ten thousand dollar bonus at the end of the year, that head of grounds gets a five thousand dollar bonus. That's nice. Yeah. Plus, you know, and there's also the there's also the idea that government, and this is something <clears throat> that um, I think we've really steered away from, particularly in the Trump era, of of wanting a business person to be in charge of things. With people, business people have gotten more credit. The idea of of the public sector is that it shouldn't make money. Right. It, it's not a money-making entity. No, it's not. But so that's why they have to spend it because then it's like, oh, the FBI has a what a a seven hundred thousand dollar surplus. Surplus. Yeah. Well, why? Well, let that roll over next year, and that's your added point in the budget. Yeah, why not? Like a savings account. Right. That's the way it would be. It rolls that, over, and now they don't need to be allocated more next year. It can go to something else. Well, that's the story back or in the Reagan. Cut it. That's the story back in the Reagan era when they were talking about thirty thousand dollars for a toilet seat. Yeah, yeah. You know, right, because they right, right, they, right. they had to show that they spent the money somewhere. Obviously, they didn't spend twenty thousand dollars on a hammer. Yeah, but <laughs> well, Paul Pelosi did. <laughs> Oh, I love making fun of Matthew him. That's what you did there. I love making fun of him. We're never getting that body camera footage, by the way. There's some new stuff out there. That you know, came it's, out. I don't know. But, but this is what happens. And a lot of these entities, particularly like when it comes to the RNC, and I'm sure the DNC is exactly the same way. I'm sure it is. They are swampy. They are government uh, trained. These people have been in government for a long time. And they only know one way. They only know one way. That's why a lot of these, even you see like a guy oh, like God. Pete Buttigieg playing, you know, taking private jets everywhere. Boot. Edge Hedge, his name is, oh, he's got an unpronounceable name. <laughs> you see them taking private jets everywhere. A lot of that, A, a convenience, because, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, I mean, I don't like it. I don't, I mean, look, who da- give but me. But if you the, ask me a question. Give me the option between sitting in the middle seat on a Spirit Airlines flight sure. or having champagne out of an actual glass. You can give me the option if, the, if cost is out of the question. Yes. When I flew down, we was just down in Nashville. We took American Airlines. We were in a, you know, a public, you know, a commercial, regular commercial airlines, not private. And look, if if a private jet 
didn't cost you know five thousand dollars a flight because we didn't pay that much. Yeah. We got a really good deal on the flight. Mm-hmm. You know, we got a really good deal on our car, and now we have that money to put forward for other things. Right under the current leadership, the RNC has spent more than one hundred fifty thousand dollars on what. This is great. On what could be considered non-essential office expenses, including $25,000 on Commonwealth Joe Coffee. I guess it's a coffee brand. $7,000 on cupcakes. I don't think Rosie O'Donnell even spends that much money on cupcakes. No. And she also has all she eats. Nearly $7,000 on candles and diffusers. What the hell is a diffuser? Brendan, the diffuser that you got, was that seven grand? Please don't say no. I mean, yes. It was like twenty dollars, right? Well, yeah. What is a diffuser? Something that 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 puts things into the air. Nice. She's got this lavender one. It's like calming. No, no, is that like the thing? Like, is that the thing like you walk past and it spits at you? No, it's like. But it's okay. the, hers is like majestic. It kind of it looks like the it, fact that we spent seven thousand dollars on something that I don't even know what the hell it is. Yeah, and like it's not like I'm like I mean I don't know maybe because I'm a man. Seventy five thousand dollars total at Pottery Barn. Okay, for, come on. <laughs> Yo, look, there are there are there are. There are like six stores that should just combine into one giant store and be called the "You Don't Need Any of This" store. They almost spent an entire major league minor uh, major league uh, league minimum contract three hundred eighty one thousand dollars classified as furniture expense. Crate and Barrel, come on! Crate and Barrel, Pottery Barn, West Elm. Uh, 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 what the hell's the other one? Uh, Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby, uh, Marshalls, and TJ Maxx should all come together and just be called the store the of store. shit you don't need. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Have you been to a Hobby Lobby? <laughs> yeah, it's like a damn casino. I made there. a video. On Once one. you get in, there's like no way out. Like, no. There's no windows. There's no clocks. It's like you're going. It's like Alice in Wonderland. It was, the ceiling gets smaller. Last year after the bare shelves video, I went. I went into Hobby Lobby and I went in. I grabbed all the letters, and I put them in my shopping cart and found a, a bare shelf, and I put Let's Go Brandon and made a video in front of it. But the first time I tried to do it, the letters fell and they were these big aluminum letters and it was like. <laughs> And I was like, abort! I threw all the letters in the cart and ran to the back of the store. I said, like, all right. I gave myself a little pep talk. I said, all right, got to regroup. It's going to be okay. It's going to be and okay. I walk into the, I walked into the aisle, and there was a lady standing there. I was like, there's nothing here. There's shelves of bear. What are you staring at? And uh, then I did the video. It was great. More than $100,000 was spent at high-end clothing stores. Please say Balenciaga. No. <laughs> no, it's not there. Such as Robach, REI, Nordstrom, Vineyard Vines, Footjoy, Ralph, Footjoy, that's golf shoes. Ralph Lauren, Carhartt. Oh, I guess they bought uh, uh, John Fetterman a couple of his hoodies. Yeah. And Smathers and Branson. An RNC vendor tells Red State the Vineyard Vines expense, $12,000, was likely for embroidered jackets for RNC staffers recently received. All right, first of all, a bit Nordstrom, Robach, Vineyard Vine, Ralph Lauren. Why don't you just come out and say, hey, look at me. I'm a douche. See, here's the thing. You know, I am the word. I, I'm on. I'm on Dartmouth Crew. You mentioned the uh, swag bags, right? Yes. According to the financials, the RNC is quite generous to its donors, spending 17 million dollars on donor mementos and possibly more during McDaniel's tenure. Custom pins. Now, again, pins. That's fine. No, no, that's fine. You can make those. That's nice. Some donors like it. They put it on their suit jacket. Mm-hmm. But they were made by this. This company called legendary dc jeweler uh ann hand that's the jeweler ann hand could you couldn't you have found like a kid working in a sweatshop in vietnam to do it like, i mean I, I just i just pulled up their uh i just pulled up the ann hand website and the stuff on here don't look that expensive necklaces 75 350 their pins uh 125 30 dollars 175 dollars for a pin yeah it's like an eagle eagle pin of hope that's Jim Eagle. 
this is uh I mean, look, it looks nice, but I mean, uh, pin. Look, if you wanted to take, if you wanted to spend that kind of money and bring your donors to that place in Virginia, what the hell was it called? Uh, the, the the salamander. The salamander. Yeah. All right. All right. I get it. You, you can know, entertain. Yeah, bed and breakfast. Smooth. Very uh, pins. Come. Yeah. Anytime I've been given a pin, I go thank you. Christmas ornaments from Kemart, the company that makes the White House Christmas ornaments. You know that's not cheap. Uh, are listed as donor memento expenses, but the financials also include sixty-five thousand dollars in office supplies from Ann Hand, office supplies from a jeweler. That's interesting. Office supplies from a jeweler. And twenty-eight thousand dollars in office supplies from Kemart. So here's the deal. Look at these pins. These are nice, though. These are really nice. The Heart and Soul of America pin, three hundred seventy-five dollars per pin. I said, this is what we say. We know what it is. We, we these expenses are here. This is why we always say. Donate to candidates, oh, not parties. Wait till you get further down okay. in this oh, article. There's more. Wait there's till you more. get further down in this article. All right, let's see. Where, where am I here going? Here we go. I'm, I'm, I'll jump in here. Jump in there. For perspective. Oh, hair and makeup? Is that what you're going to No, for about? perspective, the Democratic oh. National Committee spent $1.5 million on donor gifts, oh. 35000 on private jets, and only $1,000 on floral arrangements. That's because they don't want to pick flowers because they're climate activists. Still. Fine. Just okay. I don't know if that's the truth or not. Yeah, long-time RNC com- uh, <laughs> committee members who spoke with Red State said that other than uh, that, other than Michael Steele's time as chair, it has not been standard practice for the chair to use private jets or chauffeur services. Interesting. So it turns out <laughs> Ronna McDaniel is feeling herself real, real oh, yeah. hard. Country music star and RNC donor John Rich, who has been openly critical of the RNC's expenditures and of McDaniel herself, tells Red State Here we that, go, the le- baby. that the leadership of the RNC has taken advantage of millions of regular, everyday conservatives by pretending to support what patriots support, but in reality are blowing untold troves of cash on extravagant nonsense and supporting rhino candidates while ignoring America First contenders. They are nothing more than controlled opposition. The RNC ran ads in 2021 raising money under the phrase fight for Trump while simultaneously telling Trump and his team to stand down from from questioning the election results, stating he was ruining the party. The RNC has betrayed its supporters, and I, for one, will never help them raise another red cent under the Judas elements of the organization until the Judas elements have been purged. Well, save a horse, nominate John Rich. I love John Rich. I love this guy. I'm actually going to send this to him after the show and I go, this is incredible what he said. This is incredible what he, this is good. He's a, he's a donor. They're supposed to listen. If they don't listen to me, they don't listen to Kevin. Uh, listen. The RNC, the RNC <laughs> spokesperson for McDaniel. From uh, uh, McDaniel's re-election p- campaign, Emma Vaughn said that a client of Harmeet Dillon decided to publish a hit piece in the middle of the night without making a serious attempt to engage the RNC or Chairwoman McDaniel's team. So you see, Emma Vaughn, the spokesperson for Ronald McDaniel, is saying that actually this isn't true. It's only a hit piece. They say do the math before realizing it only adds up to 0.8% of the total amount the chairwoman raised. So what they're saying is... That yeah, this these raw numbers sound like a lot, but it's less than one percent of what the RNC actually raised. Well, Miss um, McDaniel, Miss Vaughn, maybe you could have taken that less than one percent, that point eight percent, and I don't know, put it in Nevada. Ah, uh, you could have put that into Georgia. You, you could have put it. Lost in, the, the you know Arizona. You could have put it in 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 ballot harvesting operations in Maricopa County. Maybe you could have put it in Bucks County, so that. I don't know, Dr. Oz, who has a few rich friends yeah. that may help your donor base, you know, considering Dr. Oz is like a household That's name. That's the reason why he was nominated, because yes. he has rich friends and they were thinking he can raise money. 100%. Also, the fact, guys, 
I need to be clear. If you had just put, if the RNC had put just a little bit more effort into some of these places, you don't have to win the whole state. We said it the other day. Donald Trump lost the 2020 election by six counties. Yeah. Six counties nationwide. Not hard. Nope. Not hard to do. <clears throat> Not but, at all. But we've got to spend how much on flowers? How much should we spend on flowers? $321,000 on flowers. That's a TV ad. Yeah. $321,000. If you took that and divided it by the minimum wage, I'm sure you could probably get people out there knocking on doors for an entire month. Yep. On a 300. Just unbelievable. So that's the RNC. That's why I wanted to lead with that. We mentioned donate to candidates, not parties all the time. Uh, find the candidate that you like. Find the candidate that you support. You know, at, if it's if at it's, $20 uh, an hour, that's 21,000 working hours. Wow. At fifteen dollars an hour, what wow. they spent on fifteen dollars, fifteen dollars an hour. <laughs> if that's twenty-one thousand working hours, you could have paid people to go out and ballast harvest in these neighborhoods. That's that's twenty-one thousand working hours. You could have had people doing something. Moreover, building building the bottom of your party up. Right now, with the exception of very few names, the Republicans do not have a very deep bench. What we have on the bench is great. Yeah. But there is no one coming up. I'll tell you who's coming up. I think hopefully this happens. Although the Republican Party seems to not like, I mean, I'm not not doing a leftist thing, but for whatever reason, they don't get behind African-American candidates. For John James, Michigan. I'm telling you, keep mm-hmm. your eye on that guy. Yeah, definitely. That guy's unbelievable. You, you I, are... want, I want to see him go. So, uh, he, first of all, you want to talk about stolen elections. Mm-hmm. What, they did, what they did to that guy in 2020... In Michigan, you're not going to convince me that the guy, whoever the, the the guy, the senator, what's his name, from Michigan, not stabbing out the other one. The guys, no show. Give me the two senators from Michigan. Uh, it's uh, uh, Peters and Stabenow. Peters, yes, yes. Uh, Gary Peters? Mm-hmm. Gary Peters. Yeah, uh, didn't win that election. Come on. No. John on. James. So, I'll tell you, he's, he's the guy that'll be coming up in the future. Yeah. I would love to see. You know what I would like to see? Maybe if Ron DeSantis runs in 28. DeSantis, John James. You know, he tries to get his VP mm-hmm. pick from Michigan. Both of them are veterans. Yeah, that would be One good. of them's black. That certainly gets you know? him. That certainly... See, that's... That, if you're going to go into the, the young black man... He's not the only one. Daniel Cameron, Byron Donald. The only problem with Daniel Cameron is it doesn't actually win you anything. Right. It doesn't win you an Kentucky. electoral vote, Kentucky. Yeah. Well, Byron Donald, same state. Yeah, same. Right. No. No, I'm talking about DeSantis' same oh, state. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Florida. Yeah, Byron Donald. That would be another great pick. If, if, if you wanted to play the identity politics game like the left does, which I don't want to do, the fact well, is. I would pick no, John James because he's qualified. Well, look, John, James, Daniel, also, John James, Daniel Cameron, and Byron, and Byron Daniel, Donald, are phenomenal candidates. Phenomenal. But if you wanted to check the boxes, as 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 the uh, as we say, the left does. Yeah, they do the, the, the gay, black, woman, trans. Today's white. Your, are you gay? Today's your daily reminder that Kamala Harris is black. not black. Is not black. Jamaican and Indian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she's Jamaican me crazy. I would love that. To Marilyn Dockendorf talking about DeSantis James. If it's DeSantis James in twenty twenty eight, I will be. Probably running naked on some highway somewhere. <laughs> I love well, John. I love John. Well, James. hopefully it's not too close to the election because I don't know <laughs> if you're aware of the weather in Michigan in November. Yeah, but uh, little, but the weather in Florida supports naked uh, running on the highway. A little chilly. <laughs> Although because Ron DeSantis said you're allowed to run protesters over, I might get hit by a truck. So just <laughs> so, so, so run on those big grassy medians. Yeah, well, there's alligators in those. Uh, I love John James. Uh, I love John James. I got an alligator right here. Oh, yeah, that's the little guy right there. Uh, The John James, someone says here in Michigan, uh, John James signs in the yard were code for Trump supporters back in 2020. 
There you go. There's the alligator. <clears throat> so, all right, folks. Um, let's see. Yeah. Okay. Someone doesn't like John James. Yeah. Let's get to a let's get to a word from our sponsor. I guess can't please everybody. It's okay. Before we get started, guys, smash that rumble button. Thousand people watching. Three hundred rumbles. Oh, let's go. What are man, we doing? I'm struggling here? right now with this. Whatever it is, I have. So, uh, by the way, Chad, is anybody going to Turning Point USA this weekend? Uh, my flight's in about twenty hours. Tapusa. T- very Tapusa. Very excited. Uh, the, the, if you're going to Turning Point USA, make sure you're there for the Project Veritas. Uh, uh, yes, dance number. It's always fun. You may you may see someone you know. It's always fun. The Project Veritas dance number. Yes, you may see somebody <clears> you know. <throat> um, Takar Mini Saw. Look at this bad boy. We used. We talked about a new purpose that I can have uh, yesterday. The Takar Mini Saw. Uh, that was uh, the uh, ex CNN producer. His uh, sexual uh, sex offender treatment. Yes. Takar Mini Saw. So look at this product we came across. It's called the Mini Saw by Takright. Last time we showed this product to the audience, it sold out in under 24 hours, and it was uh, out for three months. Now it is back in stock and ready for holiday shipments. Why does it sell out so quickly? It's due to the affordability of this amazing senior-friendly mini chainsaw, which thousands of Americans are in love with, and it can be operated with just one hand. It can help trim your trees two times faster. With much less effort, Mini Saw is the big tool company's worst nightmare. Big tool. Ronald McDaniel. Uh, they have been trying to hide mini saw from the everyday consumer and have even banned it in the big box retail shops. Big tool is threatened by this device and its potential to cut. Get it into profits. Update. The mini saw is on sale today with a 50% off and free shipping promotional discount to new customers. But you got to go to TackRightLFA.com. TackRightLFA. LimaFoxTrotAlpha.com. Go there. Look at these reviews. Ralph A. We talked about him a little while ago. I could not... Even Ralph A. I cannot even believe how easily this cut my tree. As you can see, I cut a five or six inch branch with no problem. I did the whole tree and still have plenty of power. This saw is unbelievable. Highly recommend. Five out of five stars. Check it out. It's on sale for the rest of the year. Uh, oh, not the rest of the year. Sorry. Holiday sale. Sixteen days, thirteen hours. That is the rest of the year and uh, twenty-four oh, minutes. Yeah. So there you go. TackRightLFA.com. Check them out. All their information is in the description below uh, on the Rumble app and on your browser it's all right there now uh, t-bell is letting us know that uh <clears throat> apparently james will keep very hot when he dances oh well if you come down to turning point there you go you'll you, you'll get to see him uh sing oklahoma now before we go into because this Washington he, Post, because he can't he can't not sing. he's got to always do oklahoma <laughs> before we go to washington post because i want to get to that for sure because mm. they're dying now they lost five hundred thousand subscribers mm. recently um th- there was a report last week that they may not turn a profit so yep. that's pretty cool. Um, now, before we get to that, I was looking on the Politico playbook today, because I always do that, yep. just to kind of check and see what they're talking about. And they were talking about what's going on with Kevin McCarthy uh, and the speakership. And there's been people floating around, is Donald Trump going to run for speaker? Like, I don't really think that's going to happen, especially because he already announced, you know, uh, uh, I think Matt Gates said he was going to nominate Donald Trump. I think maybe if he's going to make a special announcement, maybe Trump is endorsing Matt Gates for speaker. I don't know. Uh <clears throat> Well, you'll all know that happens because if it happens, you will hear me yell Isn't to the high woo! heaven. <laughs> now, Matty Ice. on Friday, and this is what they're talking about, political playbook, also known as Bolshevico, right? They're a left-wing rag, but they always I like to know what they're talking about and kind of see where they're poking around. On Friday, after a group of seven House conservatives issued a public letter outlining the demands that GOP leader Kevin McCarthy would need to meet to win their support in his bid for speaker, Akeem McCarthy backer quietly reached out to several moderate Republicans with a request, according to people familiar with the conversations. The Freedom Caucus rabble-rousers had reiterated their demand that McCarthy restore 
a 200-year-old, now infamous House rule known as the motion to vacate. Have you mm -hmm. heard of that? Yes. Okay. Which allows any one member to force a floor vote to oust the Speaker at any time. Mm. McCarthy's camp wanted the centrists to push back hard on the proposal, which would be which the would-be Speaker fiercely opposes. If they did, McCarthy would be able to point to their opposition, say his hands are tied, and refuse to give in to conservatives' demands. McCarthy's office declined to comment to playbook. Fast forward to this week. On Tuesday, the centrist Republican Governance Group, which boasts 50 members, far more than the Freedom Caucus's three dozen or so, agreed in its weekly lunch that it would oppose conservatives' proposed rules changes, noted that leaked to WAPO's Leanne Caldwell and Theodoric Meyer on Wednesday morning. A few hours later, some members of the governance group met with McCarthy to double down on that position, CNN's Mel Zanona reported. But the backstory of the moderates', moderates flex, and especially the McCarthy camp's quiet encouragement of their opposition, reported here for the first time, provides a rare window into the strategy McCarthy will employ to try to get the gavel and also how he will likely govern if he does. The playbook. By using moderates as a critical tool for countering conservatives, McCarthy appears to be carefully positioning himself to say to his right flank, sorry, your own colleagues won't support such a demand, having them play bad cop on anything from the motion to vacate to possibly a future debt ceiling showdown, for example, could set McCarthy up to be seen as the good cop, a reasonable deal maker trying to find a path uh, path forward between warring factions. But because there's a political calculus at play doesn't mean moderates aren't genuine in their opposition to restoring the motion to vacate. Far from it. We spoke to three such GOP leaders recently who blasted the idea. Quote, people are very much concerned about descending into chaos. That comes from Kelly Armstrong, a representative, Republican representative from North Dakota. Uh, we don't want the future speaker to have a gun to their head on every tough vote. Coming from Don uh, Don Bacon, a Republican from Nebraska. Now, I would like to see some pressure. That's yes. the point of having the slim majority. Mm -hmm. uh, Lisa McLean, a Republican from Michigan, told us there are, quote, better ways to ensure accountability, including allowing a vote of no confidence against the leader if needed. Ooh. And, quote, at the end of the day, we need to focus on real issues that American people are facing, McLean said, blanket statement. Yes. It just doesn't seem very productive. McCarthy himself is also publicly making the case against the rules change, which conservative used as leverage against against speakers John Boehner and Paul Ryan in years past. During a Newsmax segment with Sean Spicer early this week, he argued that if the rule was restored, Democrats might try to use it as retribution after he kicks Representative Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell and Ilhan Omar off of their committees, as he's promised to do. Why would we turn the floor over to the Democrats? Now Republicans come back and say this. Technically speaking, House Republicans addressed this issue a few weeks ago, adopting parameters that would require 50% or more of the GOP conference to agree to hold a vote ousting the Speaker yes. before bringing it to the floor. So it's not like if someone, if one guy doesn't like what yeah, what McCarthy did, he can go, motion to vacate, let's have a vote on, on Speakership. Yes, basically <laughs> the, the, what the motion to vacate would be is any member can call for it, then the Speaker would have to go into conference find out the 50%, right. and then if it happens, he'd be out. That's the way it happens in most of the... Uh, that's the way they pick prime ministers in most of the European countries. Yeah, I've, yeah, Basically, so in, so in England or Germany or France, you don't vote for a person, you vote for a party. So essentially, the House of Representatives will be turned into the British Parliament, where the leader of the party is the prime minister. If you, put the, if you look at prime minister, in this case, being the speaker of the house. So basically, they, you stay in power so long as you are believed in by the majority of your party. Right now, I mean, you know, the problem with being speaker is it's a, it, everyone hates you, yeah. no matter who you are. Particularly on the Republican side, where, where your most virulent, or I'm sorry, not virulent, your, your, your most outspoken congressmen are 
the most popular ones. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Chip Matt, Roy, yeah, right. uh, Paul Lauren Bober, Paul Gozar, Lauren Bober. So the fact is that the base, you know, if, if seven Republicans come out and go, yeah, Jim I don't Jordan. like this guy, the base is going to go, all right, I don't like him either. Right. And they're from a dispersed out enough part of the population across the country that it, it, it really does hold them to the fire. We talked about it on, a sh- on the show yeah. a couple of weeks ago with the Long Island Four. Yeah. The four congressmen from Long Island are they're basically, the they're the president of the United States. And with such a slim majority... Every congressman only has to get three friends together to shut down any bill. That's it. Technically speaking, House Republicans addressed the issue that they want to get now. They would apparently go to conference first. Mm-hmm. And if the majority of the Republican conference wanted to do a motion yes. to vacate, then they would do it. Yeah, Instead well, of it being complete chaos, which is nice. It's a check and balance. Yeah, they, exactly. You don't want there to be, you know, you don't want there to be a new Speaker of the House every week. No. Because or, they, or, or a vote every week. A and vote you're never going to get anything done. You're never going to get any. First off, you're not only are you not going to get everything done, but every. House member is not going to be there at all times. Right, exactly. This you know, a, or, uh, whether they're whether they're just doing something else, or they're on reserve duty, or they're on reserve duty, or they're away, or you know, they're they're sick, whatever you know. So it would it would have to be fifty percent of the quorum of the people currently in the room. Right. Uh, many believe there will be some sort of negotiation whereby McCarthy will have to lower the threshold triggering a vote to perhaps 40% or 30%. In fact, Jordan Carney and Olivia Beavers re- uh, scooped Wednesday night that Representative Andrew Clyde, a Republican from Georgia, one of the seven conservatives who signed Friday's letter, is one such member seeking a compromise, which is good news for McCarthy, who is said to be open to such a deal. So, we'll see if they bring it back. Yeah. Uh, but that was interesting. It was interesting seeing political playbook poking around because I'm not seeing this anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, nope. it was cool to st- kind of hear about what's well, going because on. Because a lot of the legacy, well, as we're going to talk about in a second, with the death of the legacy media, and particularly the death of, well, not so much the death of mainstream conservative media, because Fox is still holding their own, and, you know, the, the moderate voices in the party, the, uh, the most of the guys over the Daily Wire, you know, they, uh, they still hold a tremendous amount of power. But people don't want this to be the fight. They don't want, you know, look, it's going to be McCarthy. At least to start. It sounds like we it. know that. Yeah. I, maybe I don't like it, but I'm not in love with the I'm idea. I'm not in love with the idea. But the fact is, is that look, I would take, and quite frankly, this would be, I think, a realistic uh, uh, speaker of the house that that would represent the ideals of the Freedom Caucus and of the base, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan. Because I would look, I would love Speaker Matt Gates. I'd also love to be six five. The right. only difference is I got a chance at being six five. Right. You know that's that's the that's what that is. Right. Because uh, Matt's not going to take any crap. But con- sorry, Congressman Gates. Yes. Talking like you know, like we're on a first name basis here. But I, I, I think if Speaker Jordan is incredibly is is absolutely possible. <clears throat> He's already going to be the head of the Judiciary Committee, yep. which is the most powerful committee in the House. Yeah. The only one I think that is uh, more powerful than that is Appropriations, because that handles the budget. So, uh, you know, that's obviously right. whoever controls where the money goes where the money is, goes, is, is the most important one. But it's, uh, it's an interesting take from Political Playbook because right now I don't, I don't want to see this sort of division in the Republican Party. That's right. But the Freedom Caucus holds enough power that they – look, the squad is eight members on, on the Democratic side. If they're putting the, the Freedom Caucus at 30 members, that gives them an entire 
basically different political party that's right in congress yeah and, and now we're starting and we're starting to see fractures everywhere it's going everywhere and it's really nice to see now we'll see how this uh check and balance if this gets negotiated we'll keep following up on that it's the first time i've heard about it uh and i'm, I'm happy i read playbook this morning and i read it a lot because yeah. you ought to know what they're talking about you have to find out what the other guys are doing and that's it's important to go to uh, you know a rag like politico to see mm -hmm. what they're talking about they happen to be talking about a very important <coughs> debate going around in the House as the hands of the control of the House of Representatives are about to change, and that's important. It's Folks, important. if you're watching, hit the rumble button right now. Uh, let's make it happen. Uh, let's get to 400 as we talk about what's going on at the Washington Post. So this over from uh, the Daily Caller. Uh, Washington Post staffers erupt if their publisher announces massive layoffs at Town Hall. This is from Brianna Lyman at the Daily Caller. Oh, Brianna Lyman. Yeah. Oh, she's on Newsmax a lot when, I'm on, when I do the panel. Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well, tell a great article. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Plus, she quoted Oliver Darcy here, and he said, "Yeah." And when Oliver Darcy is said, I'm happy. Good. So, uh, Stanford's of the Washington Post erupted Wednesday after publisher Fred Ryan refused to take questions from staff after announcing layoffs. The Washington Post chief spokesperson Kathy Beard, Bird, Beard, whatever, confirmed. Uh, I think that's Baird. Baird. Baird there you go. Whatever. Oh, ba <laughs> like Baird I. Yeah. Like Baird I. Like Crab. Baird I. Crab. There you go. That an unspecified number of positions will be eliminated. We anticipate it will be in the single digit percentage of the employee base. Wow. Talk about putting lipstick on a pig there. Pig. Uh, single digit percentage. So that could be hundreds. Yep. Uh, and we. And we will finalize those plans over the coming weeks. This will not be a net reduction in the post headcount. Now. This is what I'm curious about when it comes to the places like the Washington Post, okay? The only way newspapers can run at this point in time as 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 leaders as uh as what they were is if a rich guy buys them. That's the only that's the only possible way to do it. Sheldon Adelson owned the Las Vegas Tribune for a long time. John Henry uh, who owns the Red Sox and Liverpool Football Club, owns the Boston Globe. Boston Globe yeah. Jeff Bezos owns uh, the Washington Post. Uh, the New York Times family will be rich forever, forever because they've owned the paper for hundreds of years and they will never not be. Yeah. Uh, ABC, oh, is it ABC that owns the Post? ABC Radio? ABC, oh, what, the New York Post? Yeah, the New York no, Post. No, that's Fox. That's Murdoch. Murdoch, yes, yeah. I'm sorry. Murdoch owns the, uh, uh, the New York Post. Yeah. That's the only way these newspapers can stay in business is that if a billionaire comes in and says look I know this is gonna this is not gonna make me money but I feel this institution is important enough keep it alive to keep it alive how much money must the Washington Post be losing if they're laying off staff uh, that, that, well, they lost 500,000 subscribers it says they're not gonna turn a profit well even if, but if they're not gonna turn a profit these billionaires understand that are they how in the negative are they that they're laying off these staff yeah. because look these legacy media outlets while we don't like them they do provide a certain service like CNN if something they breaks, provide programming for the gym <laughs> well look if, if something breaks overseas on a Saturday night the majority of the other outlets do not have people overseas nope so if there's a terrorist attack in France on a, on a Saturday night in France you can put on CNN and get live coverage on or you it. go on Twitter or you can go on Twitter. And that's why CNN is not as... Or you can go yeah. on Twitter. So that is where... That's why, that's that's why, why Elon Musk... Is going. That's why Elon Musk said that Twitter, the more Twitter balances out or, or, or fill, figures out the signal-to-noise ratio, he said this in a tweet, the, the less relevant conventional media becomes. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. And I've said this before on this show. I have used Twitter like this for years. I have gone on 
if my phone was having a problem connecting T-Mobile, I would look. I would search this T-Mobile down. If Instagram was having a problem, I would search in, in Twitter to see if people are tweeting about Instagram down. If you know, if there was anything sports trades that this was, I used yeah. it for sports trades all the time. If I wanted to know if the Jets were going to screw up another draft pick, NYJ mock drafts. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to know if the Texas Rangers were going to sign Jacob Degrom, I would sign. You know, put that up. I, you know, seriously. Yeah. If I wanted to know if uh, you know if the Phillies were going to overpay for Cliff Lee, MD Norton, I would search that too. You know. What I mean, like things like that. <clears throat> if I wanted to do those things, I would go in and and use Twitter to get these news. Weather, same thing. Mm-hmm. See what people are talking about. If if something happens overseas in France or in Chicago or in some small town city in Kansas, you will find out about it because it will be tweeted by somebody. Mm-hmm. Someone will see it. It will go viral, and you will get it before. Conventional news has the chance to dispatch or put together or produce yep. any sort of reporting on that story. And this is on why Twitter. This is why the Elon thing is so important. Look, he's going to do things you guys don't like. He banned Bryson Gray. People don't like that. Okay, but the fact that Twitter is now going to be this open source area where you can see what's going on, you're going to be able to get news so much faster. And this is what people like the Washington Post are seeing. For a long time, I'm sure Washington Post had operational control over the news on Twitter. They had you know friends that worked here, there, and everywhere. Cliff Lee's not dead. Halliday is dead, MD Norton, not Cliff Lee. Oh, yeah, Halliday's right. dead. And then they put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, well. Which I don't like, but whatever. They also put Fred McGriff in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, we can talk about that all day. But the fact that Twitter is now not, there are going to be people around the world who are no longer blocked, who will go to these dangerous areas. I mean, I remember when Tim Pool, when he first got big, he went to, he basically went to the Arab Spring and was reporting on what's, what was going on there. And that's how the world got to find out about the uprising in Egypt. That's how they got to find out that there was basically a revolution in Egypt yeah. through Tim Pool. <laughs> And that put him on Time Magazine's top 100 most influential people. If people like that are who are willing, or uh, uh, who who was the guy that testified uh, at Rittenhouse, uh, uh, Drew Hernandez. Yeah, Drew Hernandez. If, if Twitter's going to censor a Drew Hernandez, a guy who's willing to go into a BLM riot, go into a BLM protest because they don't want that information getting out that it's fiery but mostly peaceful. How are we ever going to properly get the information? And it's so much fun to watch legacy media talk about how, well, the story wasn't properly vetted through editors. Right. Just, just show me what's happening. I'll figure it out for myself. That's it. And and when, when this happened, I believe Posobiec was writing this uh, when this happened, when the Rittenhouse uh, verdict came in. Right when when the Rittenhouse verdict came through and, and it was not guilty, he was mm-hmm. acquitted on, on, on every charge. Uh, Posobiec put down that that independent media won because because legacy media, mainstream media, ABC, CNN, MSNBC, the po- Washington Post, all these these different Wapo. outlets, right? They convicted him. Yep. They convicted him before he had the trial. They were leveraging juries and oh, well, there's going to be riots. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were trying to pressure. They were trying to influence that case. They convicted him. And if they still had the power that they think they have, yes. and that a lot of people think they have, Kyle Rittenhouse would be in jail. 100%. But he's not because of independent media, because of a Drew Hernandez. And because of a, a, a Jack Posobiec and Rikishia Law that comes up on here on, on Rumble that they do their streams breaking down. Julio Rojas. 
Julio Rojas breaking down why what Kyle Rittenhouse did was within the boundaries and the confines mm-hmm. of the law, Second uh, Second Amendment, self-defense, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and, and, and it was important to watch as that played out because the media was trying to put him in jail. Yeah, absolutely. The mainstream media wanted him. They went so far as to make it seem like he shot a black guy yeah. by calling them Black Lives Matter protesters. There was one report, I think, Daily Mail. from either, it was either them or the, or the Washington Post that actually said... That the guy was black. There were other people who were saying that they were in the wake of the George Floyd protests, which they weren't. Mm-hmm. And that that George Floyd, there was I think the Washington Post, but a George Floyd was shot by police recently. Yes. I mean, I think that, ma- I think that was the Daily Mail that said that George Floyd was shot by yeah, police. Yeah, there were there were several different outlets that were trying to paint the. Kyle Rittenhouse situation in such a way mm-hmm. to make it not just a, a, a an unjust murder but a hate crime yes. and and all this he killed a pedophile and it's also well, two fun, of them I think it, and it, he killed two pedophiles and blew another one's arm <laughs> off right well, blew his whole bicep out yeah. saw the pictures rough but that's why Twitter is so important because there are so many people who think they are think they are influential because they're on TV I hate to break it to a lot of these hosts but even ones I like on Fox CNN MSNBC. There are two people, maybe three, that can carry a program by themselves. Tucker. Tucker, Hannity, Hannity. Rachel Maddow. And see, Hannity, to me, I'm like, his his radio show and his TV show are exactly the same. Yeah. But he does carry it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can listen to a Bon Gino. I can listen to a Mark Levin. Uh, you know, uh, even this... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about the big... Uh, hey, the, on the, the mainstream the, the, big, the big TV host. Right, Tucker, right, the TV host. Sure, Tuck, sure, sure, sure. Tucker Hannity and Rachel Maddow are the only three. And look, if you look at CNN... <laughs> Just just take CNN as the example. If you took out and, and put in anyone else into the Jake Tapper slot or the Chris Cuomo slot or the Don Lemon slot, does the show change? There are very few people out there who have their own sort of branded show. Brooke Baldwin couldn't carry the show. That's why Clay Travis had to go on there and talk about the First Amendment and other things. Boobs. <laughs> no, but there's, there's very few people that can carry their And that's why the podcast space, like LFA TV, like Dan Bongino, like Ben Shapiro, like Rogan, like all these people. So many. So many of them so because you can Kirk. seek out the personalities that you want to right. see. I mean, Tim Bull's got the big, one of the biggest political shows in the world. He just sits around... And just has conversations with interesting people. That's it. That's the whole thing. Half of them don't even... I think he had like some metal band singer on the other day. And they were just talking. It was just interesting. And that's what... It's just conversation with interesting people with different perspectives that people want to see. And And the best part about it is, you know, I don't... I don't necessarily... I like Tim Pool. I don't find him interesting, but that's that's okay. Some people do. A lot of people do. Oh, yeah. Right? And that's the thing. I do find... Dan Bongino interesting. I find Mark Levin interesting. I find a you know and and like I know you don't listen to Mark Levin because he's, he puts you to sleep. But that look, that's okay yeah, yeah. because you listen to people that I don't listen to. I listen to people that you don't. That's the point of having all these options. Whereas back in the day before these options existed, you had to turn on the mainstream. You had to turn on Walter Cronkite. You had to turn on Walter Cronkite or or you know Bill O'Reilly or uh, Joe Scar or Keith Olbermann. My <laughs> gosh, when he was on MSNBC, Keith Olbermann has worked on. Every network. He's worked everywhere. Everywhere. More, some places more than once. I think he's taking over for Jimmy Kimmel next. Oh, jeez. But no, but that's what Seriously, it is. Seriously, that's the point. But that's, so. what, that's why the podcast space is so important, and that's why we really appreciate you guys logging in here, because we're going to talk about stories that you're not going to hear everywhere else. Do you know what story Tucker's talking about tonight? Uh, is it Twitter? Nope. It no. is the fact that COVID 
vaccination rates are linked to car accidents. Oh, he's doing it. Oh, we're, we were here first. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. All right, guys, hit that rumble button on the way out. Make sure you head on over to LaMajorityUS.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Check out the shop. Use promo code CHRISTMAS for 20% off. If you order it today, it'll go out today because I'm going away for four days. So if you want something, <laughs> grab it now, and it'll be in the mailman's hands instantaneously. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. I'll be back here tomorrow uh, while Kevin's on his flight. Uh, Rumble.com slash LFA TV. Also, Rumble.com slash Loud Majority US tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. We will not comply. We'll be there. Uh, and uh, and then the same thing. We're going over the weekend. Kevin will be in Turning Point. I'm sure you'll see all sorts of cool stuff coming out of that. Oh, That'll yeah. be great. Uh, remember, if you're going to TPUSA's uh, America Fest, do watch the James O'Keefe Project Veritas dance number. Oh, yes. It's going to be cool. And I'll see you guys at the, at the Project Veritas after party. Yes. Just go to projectveritas.com. There's an Eventbrite link. It's a $30 ticket. It's definitely worth it. And until tomorrow, we remind you to stop complying with any unlawful mandates and madness if you still live in a state where those things exist. And as always, LFA family, loud crowd, and red-blooded patriots of the world, stop complying with those unlawful mandates and madness. And as always, stay loud.